Kia ora, ko Anne O'Brien toku ingoa, he kaiorongi o waituhi o tamaki, no mai, haru mai. I'm Anne O'Brien, Director of the Auckland Writers Festival Waituhi o Tamaki, and you're listening to a session podcast from our 2021 event. The late acclaimed songwriter Leonard Cohen once said, if I knew where the good songs came from, I'd go there more often. Being a songwriter is like being a nun, you're married to a mystery. In an effort to interrogate the proposition, an incredible lineup of New Zealand songwriters, Reb Fountain, Tom Scott and Marlon Williams, joined fellow artist Moana Maniapoto for a discussion about their artistry, their inspirations, the good days and the bad, with acoustic performances to round out the conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Um, my name is Moana Maniapoto and... Um I'm just trying to be useful here tonight. I have some wonderful guests that I am going to have a good old guest bag with tonight about songwriting because um, writing is the cope-up of this festival and I know there's some really flash writers here who write books. Well, you, and you can labour over those for years, but you try and squash everything down to like three verses and a chorus. <laughs> that is a challenge. That is a challenge. So um, I always think back to when I first got into songwriting. So I started off singing in clubs um, and I wanted to be black um, because there was nothing Māori on television or on radio. So I wanted to be the next best thing. So that was me channeling Shaka Khan. Um, I was a bit useless at Shaka, just saying. But anyway, um, my mentor and my friend was a man called Māori Dalvanius Prime. And, and he said to me, he said, like, I just sort of think, he was so amazing, the kinds of words of advice he gave me. Um, he said to me, be nice to people on the way up, you'll meet the same ones on the way down. <laughs> uh, he also said, don't believe your own publicity. I think that's a really good one. And he said, write a song that anyone can play in the bloody garage. Well, I sort of mucked that up along the way, <laughs> but I am a very simple songwriter and... Um, and I, you know, when I, when I had to do this session with these flash people like Tom and that, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm not, they're quite flash, just quietly. So I started to get the imposter syndrome. So then I thought, go back and look at your first songs. And then I wound back the clock and I thought, oh, I've done a couple of decent songs. And, and you know, someone said to me one day um, in an interview, they said, can you, can a song... Um, change things. Can you, you can can it can it make a change? And you know we can get a bit full of ourselves as musicians and songwriters. But I always remember a particular song, and it was fascinating because on my current affairs show this week, I interviewed Justice Sir Joe Williams. He's the first Māori on the Supreme Court, the former chair of the Waitangi Tribunal. He's been on every court bench. Anyway, why I know his name was that in the 80s. He wrote a song called Maranga Akeai. There's a movement, a movement on the street. People moving, a shuffle to the beat. Aotearoa, Maranga Akeai. No more knocking, knocking on closed doors. Oh, well, now Māori people gotta wake up, gotta take up the call. And when I heard that, I was like, whoa, whoa, far out. You know, I, 
I mean, and I said to him, because he's a flash judge now, you know, and I said to him, man, that was such an anthem. It was such an anthem and it resonated, you know, with my generation. And then we had people like Dalvanius come along, you know, they mixed disco with kapahaka. Hello. I mean, really? You know, and he used to say, my flow, I've got 40 Maoris from Partia, and I'm taking them around the world. I'm like, oh, you, you are kidding. He did it. And he, and he put the reel there and it went number one. You know, so um, th there are game changers that have inspired me as a songwriter. Um, so tonight, I'm going to speak to people about, you know, what inspires them? How has their songwriting changed? Because if I think back to my early days, man, I was out there to make a point because Māori were invisible, absolutely invisible. So every song that I wrote, I was making a political point. Here we are, hello. Not going away, in your face. Every music video I put as many Māoris in as possible, all shapes and sizes and ages. And it's like, we are here, we are here. Not going away, treaty not going away? Nah, nah, that's my land. Walk the talk of my ancestors, thank you, I'll have that land back, thank you very much, kia ora. Okay, so making a point and then, you know, pushing the language out there and then changing things up over the years and then getting, being creative but, you know, making that point and learning things as you travel around the world. Uh, there's a feast. So um, I'm really thrilled to be asked to facilitate this little um, hui here. And um, I'm going to sit down now because, do I need this thingy? Oh, okay. Uh, well, there's this lovely man on stage here. And... <laughs> And um, I am uh, Tom Scott, of course. So, the, so when they asked me if I'd do this, um, I'll put this here, because right, it's a bit weird. They said, um, will you pick the people that you want to talk to? And I thought, well, I'll, I'll talk to people that I don't really know so much about. That makes sense, eh? you know, instead of people I know. Um, and I've been aware of Tom Scott for many years as his, um, uh, he has, uh, well, he shoots to number one with everything he puts out. Um, but in 2019, he won the Tate Music Prize and I was lucky to um, pick up an award that night. So I saw him on stage. Um, he's been on the hip hop scene uh, since 2007 with his group Homebrew. Um, and my son was a big fan of that uh, first album. In fact, he said it was the party songs when he was at university, along with my song, Kua Makona, which was encouraging moderation in alcohol. So what the hell, you know? <laughs> I don't know who won out there. Um, the homebrew first album went straight to number one in the New Zealand charts, and that's, that's no mean feat. Um, and then Avondale Bowling Club, that scored Album of the Year, Best Hip Hop Artist at 2019 Tate Awards. Um, and I remember being there when he said he had um, tried, maybe it was his fourth or fifth shot to get that. Um, and he sort of seemed quite like, well, I've actually popped it this time, I'm not sure. It's quite cool being the underdog sometimes, I wonder. Um, my favourite track is Years Gone By which is an autobiographical single. So I am, and it was filmed in the wonderful St. James Theatre. So 
before I introduce my uh, first guest, Tom Scott, I'm, I'm going to just let you know how we're going to run. Sorry, I should have done that at the start. Um, all phones off, please. And, um, well, si on silent. <laughs> on silence. Because, yeah, keep your phones on because I, I want to invite you to text. Or t Are there any tweeters here? Okay, does anyone know what tweet means? <laughs> I'm getting a vibe here. Okay, there's only three of us on Twitter. Oh, he hello, there's about four of us. Okay, so you can text. <sighs> it's going to be tricky, eh? Yeah, it's Faxon. going to be tricky. Okay. Hey? You could send a fax. Yeah, send a fax on. I might have, we might have to do the open mic because I'm just thinking that no one's going to have their phone ready to be able to text this number. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a Q&A at the end. Um, but tonight, um, uh, I'd like to start off with um, Tom Scott. So could you please welcome him to the stage? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this mic's not working, I'm guessing. Eh? No, no, it does. Want to? I'm you're more on? used to this. Anyway. You're, like, you're like dual now. You're in, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, you are an extraordinary performer, an extraordinary wordsmith. What is the most challenging part of writing a lyric? Hmm. Um, maybe your own self-criticism is like the first challenge that you have to get over. Um, you know, because after you live enough life, you've sort of seen it all before, heard it all before, so trying to think of something that uh, challenges you is probably the hardest part. Mm. Um, I know there's a saying, forgive yourself the horrors of the first draft, um, but it's, it's easier said than done, you know, so you can be crippled by your inner critic just off the bat. So I think that's one of the hardest things. But um, if you somehow trick yourself into a flow state, then it, it all does itself, you know? How do you get into that flow state? Um, I think just time you just put yourself in the room long enough um i remember learning that the word genius is actually uh it harks back to some greek uh thing where the genius was actually a ghost that visited the room so if you're in the room long enough he might show up <laughs> that's a bit spooky yeah yeah, um, Ghosts wrote my first album. <laughs> well, now, um, I know that you can play a little bit of um, piano, but you know, your skill is in, in writing um, lyrics. Um, what, what, how do you discipline yourself to focus on a, on a lyric? Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, I think, I think you can only just be in there. It's, I... I me and Marlon were joking about how we're not allowed to talk about basketball up here because she did us off to talk about here basketball. We go. here but we here go. we go, sports analogy. Um, you did write a song about basketball. When, well, when you're playing basketball or maybe golf, or I don't know what anyone plays in here, but you just... <laughs> <laughs> but you don't worry about the shots you miss. You can't worry about the shots you miss. You just have to keep shooting, and it's the same with writing. You just keep writing, keep writing, and... At the end of the day, don't get attached to anything that's too good. Don't get attached to anything that's too bad. Just keep going. And if you spend a year or two at it, writing a book, writing an album, it's no different. It eventually takes shape. 
And after a year worth of it, you can see what the best one is. And I, I like that, I don't like that. Some grow on you, whatever, and you get on with it. Excuse me, person, you wrote an album in a week. <laughs> yeah, well, that was different. I was young. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty epic. Yeah, it was an EP. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, but you had a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Which that... is a very clever thing. Well, I actually went, I, I went to the record store one time and I found this um, uh, record. It was called This Week. And I went, oh, that's genius. She's made a song about every day of the week. And I took it home and it wasn't about that. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, and so I did it. And actually, that's kind of what we, what the only thing we're ever doing. We're trying to make the record we wanted to hear, you know, or the book that we wanted to read. Like. Yeah, but so um, the things that you wrote about in there, I mean, I don't know anyone else that's written songs that's got the words pack and save, wheat bix and eat a chips in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what I was trying to do. I was like, why doesn't anyone talk about pack yeah, and I save? <laughs> it's a good place to shop. It's a big corporation. We should have better, like, food laws, really. Yeah, but you were, I mean, and this... You know, it's, I found it as a, a musician that, uh, you know, because I wanted to be black, okay, so um, it, is, it is a challenge to, to bust out and be yourself mm. and be New Zealand. And like for us, it was being yeah. Māori, like, okay, yeah. let's put the haka in the music. Yeah, because Delvanius you know? knew that was the point of difference, eh? Yeah. And but some, also of, some the, of us are whakama about it, yeah. like, no, you can't talk about pick and save. Yeah. But... <laughs> You can. But you, but you, you can't it. write a whole album about it. But, but you, um, what did you rhyme, rhyme it with? <laughs> um, but it's the, I think the thing is that the personal is universal, you know, like all, all the um, things we looked to in the States or in uh, the UK or wherever it was, we were connecting to them on some deeper level than, than just wanting to imitate them. Mm. They were telling our lives, but because we're all humans at the end of the day, whether this guy's in Brooklyn, from a place I have no idea of, I understand his struggle. It's the human condition to some degree. Mm. Whether it's like in, enjoying a, a Friday trip to Pack and Save to get a box of beer, it's still the same experience we're all having, essentially. Until you get too big and too famous to even see what the human condition is, then you're screwed. But until then, it's like that, that's, what you're trying to, that's what you're trying to get in the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got it in the bottle. You did very well with it. Yeah, I drank a lot of bottles. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> About that. <laughs> okay, so you got a little. You, how would you say? Was it part of a hype? Was it part of an image, or just a phase you were going through? I think I was young, and it, it is what it is. Um, I was. Yeah, I was talking about my environment and maybe uh, exaggerating about my environment, like all writers do. Um, and trying to you know play these things off as as greater than they are. It's really just a, a drink up in the garage. But um, there's all, there's also so much more to it. You know why are we drinking? Like they're, they're, I got a song on the latest album that's about the whole thing. About it's called Friday Night at the Liquor Store. It's like um, the waterhole of the shithole. The whole neighborhood lined up like prey in the Sahara. 
Dismount from truck cab and stampede the pool of stein lager like a school of piranha. Box under arm, but still under the armor was a young cub under the table watching his father. Red lions, gray geese, purple iguana, all running like mascara the day after. Still trying to chase a dragon they'll never catch. A bitch of an itch of which you'll never scratch with a scratchy. Blow a whole bag on a baggie. Bottle up a problem in a bottle of happy. And a high-vis tucks at the broke folks' ball. Still cap tap dance on bourbon soaked floor. Piss poor, looking for more piss to pour. Friday night at the liquor store. But, you know, like, going on about... <laughs> Sorry, you said it's I had to, so if I clever. felt like... But, unbelievably clever. But now I can, like, reflect at it and look at it for what it is as a grown man, as a father, and be like, man, there's a, really, there's a real problem here. Mm. <laughs> like, why are we all, like... There was Steinlager on my hero's shirts growing up. Um, so, you know, now I can look at it like that. But at the, at the time when I was making homebrew stuff, I was in that. Yes. I now watched that person and analyze him but at the moment I was the character that I'm now analyzing so I was just uh you know did you have, did you have to like tidy up a few did you have to do a few apologies or tidy do a bit of tidying up after that sort of era yeah I think so yeah I think so um there's a lot of hit and, hit and miss and everything mm. um and there's a lot of lyrics that I don't ever want to recite back again there's things that I said as a child that I don't agree with now, but that's what it is. It's like, um, it's like your 21st where they put all the f embarrassing pictures of you. On. <laughs> but then you have to go and do that at homegrown. Like, you have your twin. So, you know, you, 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 you very much railed against the system back then, I guess, and... Um, uh, and 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 did amazing, and you continue to do incredible work in terms of um, putting out a, a very distinctive New Zealand voice into hip hop. Um, how would you say that things have changed now in terms of your songwriting? If you look at you know since what you're then, doing? yeah, since then, how have you changed? Um, some, at times, I think they've changed um, entirely, and in times, I think it's. Uh, circular um, because there was a time where I rebelled from that and this is what you do as a writer or just as a human you rebel it's like a pendulum you go all the way to that side and you're sick of that side and you come back almost so um, there was a time where I was writing those songs that were just for my neighborhood um, for the people in the garage and uh, eventually they put me on bigger stages and in town halls and all of that and then all of a sudden you're at a seminar talking to you people <laughs> And like you said, if you believe your own press release, you start thinking you're a bit more sophisticated or a bit higher, highbrow, more highbrow than you actually are. And then um, you make an album called Avondale Bowling Club because your dad once sent you a Pixt. Remember Pixts? From the, Avondale, from the Avondale Bowling Club, and you thought that'll be a cool name for a band. And um, da da da. And that turns into this, this uh, revered thing, and you forget a little bit uh, who you're making it for. Like, hold up, this is an album named after the shitty bowling club in my neighborhood. And when I walk down my neighborhood, no one tells me about it. 
when I walk down my neighborhood, like, bro, Tom, I love homebrew brand for us, bro. Like, you know, oh, like, yes, that's yes. the love I get for stuff from there. Yes. And there was a point where I thought, man, like, I'm supposed to be a, a griot for this village. I'm supposed to be a speaker for my village. Like, I can't leave these people back here just because the jazz festival wants me to play at the fucking opera house. <laughs> and, and then you also forget, like, I don't know, you build this picture up in your head that you people care about me talking about being in the opera house. Like, we want the poet to talk about his experience or her experience. Like, you know, this, the, the best art comes from just being yourself and, and being soaked up in your environment. And people can uh, interpret it in their own way with their own experience. But the minute that you start um, believing your own press release, mm. you fucking lose it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, your album, um, your most recent album, is just um, magnificent. And uh, I think that, um, uh, you know, the. As years go by, where you, where you, it's autobiographical. My understanding, it's so clever, and Thank it's you. so personal. Mm. Um, is it, is it difficult to put all that stuff out there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I say all that to to come back to realizing that you should always be making up from that point, and it shouldn't have to be too difficult. Because all you have to do is go live a life for a year, download a bit, listen to strangers on the bus and whatnot, and come back and and just empty yourself like mm. a sponge, like and it will be there if mm. you trust in it. I'm about to um I'm looking for a nice house out in Titarangi and I'm really scared, like, man, what am I gonna write about out there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Birds, bush. Birds, bush, yeah. yeah. There's this really good Paul McCartney album called Ram, and it's just him and Linda living on a farm, and I'm like, I'll write that one. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I heard you in an interview, and you, you, you said that your dad, who's an amazing musician, appreciated the question, where are you from? Mm. Um, and he found that more meaningful, as someone who's come from England, than who are you? It's a very... It's a very Māori question, and I wonder yeah. how um, things from this country and, and Māori informs your writing. Yeah. straight up. Like, you did your pepeha just then, and we all, even though it's mainly Pākehā here, we're all like, oh, yeah, that's where she's from, that's her river, that's her mm. mountain, and we know more about you from that, right? And mm. probably even if all us whiteys told, told you about the river that we care about or, you know, the, the mountains that we care about, you'd know more about us that way as well, right? Yeah, my dad was, was um, a bit, like, overhearing people ask, what do you do? <laughs> and especially if you answer, I'm a musician, it's like, oh. Like, you do that full time? Like, oh, yeah, sadly. Like, um, a so, damn good musician. Yeah, well, he, he, he showed me how to, how to um, be a musician full time and why not to be. Um, but... But yeah, like of course we we can't help but be influenced by Maori culture in this in this country. And um, you, know, you you mentioned that when you got your award at the Taite yeah. Awards, <laughs> the Thursday the Awards, <laughs> the Taite Awards. You mentioned that we you know, and uh, I mean that's not often you know mentioned. So your mum, you you talk about your dad his influence. How about your mum? Yeah, um, my mum's a strong woman. She's a uh, yeah, she's the backbone of my family. Like 
and, and then her mum was the backbone of our family, so it's like you just sort of understand that women hold the whole world together. Like, yeah. like you know, you know. I had a cold the other day for four days. My girlfriend didn't even get it. <laughs> oh God! Like, um, but you know, so sorry, sorry, no, no, Moana, go, but go, like. Go, go. Go. But yeah, my mum, uh, my mum was was a strong figure in my life and taught me how to uh, to uh, be reliable and and pay the rent and hold things together. While my dad was a creative and he was a bit wild, and so I tried to meet in the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, without her, then. Yeah. She and, and I know your mum from working at um, in Marae and places like mm -hmm. that. Very active and. Māori filmmaking, eh? Mm. Yeah. Um, do you, I remember going to this thing once with Dave Dobbin, and and he said that, you know, he sat down like nine to five and he wrote mm. songs. Mm. Is that something you can relate to? Yeah, I kind of do that. Well, do I'm you? managed by his, um, his manager. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. She's grooming me to be Dave Junior. There you go. <laughs> no, um, no, yeah, Dave's the dude. He's such a humble, cool guy, like lovely guy. But um, yeah, I, I like nine wow. to five better as well. And that works, obviously. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a family, so I can't really not. Yeah. I, I, if I had it my way, I'd probably be up all night drinking coffee and whatnot. But, That's um, a change. But right? nine to five, <laughs> well, you go to sleep and drink the other <laughs> stuff. But um. But yeah, like I, I think nine to five is good. Put yourself in a room and just, like you say, like I said, like just let the genius come in and out, and and at the end of the day, just look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you're a half decent human and start again the next day. Wow. I like that. And um, do, do you write songs for your kids? Yeah, I wrote one on the last album called Quincy's March. And now I've got another kid called Miles, and I'm like, oh, he's going to one day be like, why didn't I get a song? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I just didn't like, feel as inspired about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man, I didn't. It's a thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> wipe the tape, wipe the tape. Jesus. Your first child, you're like, what a miracle. The second one, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, he's my favourite. <laughs> I'm just saying. Jeepers, it's going to be an epic number after this. Um, can you tell me um, about what song, what song when you look in your catalogue and you think, yeah, that's, my, that's still my favourite. It's the one I really love. Hmm. I don't, I hate them all. <laughs> you hate them all? I mean, after a while, you've heard them too many times. Oh, come on. Like, I, I could hear Redemption song, like, I'm still like, oh, I've heard that too many times now. Like, I could, you know, you could hear the best song ever written, and you're like, you've heard it enough. <laughs> I've heard my songs enough. I wrote them, and then I had to play them. Like, I don't really, I, I, the next song is my favorite one. And I want you to tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's what it is, because, yeah, it's a, it's a magic trick, you know, so the magi I'm sure the magician's not too stoked on his tricks. He goes back to the green room after, like, oh, oh what a gig, that was horrible. The, <laughs> the part with the rabbit, the rabbit died on the stage, and, like, 
yeah, like it's all a magic trick. Um, and we spend hours crafting the things and then we come out here and we do it and we act like we're superhuman and that, but we're not. We just spent heaps of time working on it. And um, it kills the, the magic of it for the magician. Like after a while, you're kind of bored of it. You want to make a new one. Do you, do you like the writing process best or the performance process? Yeah, good question. Um, I heard Marvin Gaye say I'm not a performing artist, I'm a recording artist. Mm. But he was good. Like, yeah, it's different. It's totally different. But I was a class clown, so I can't act like I don't like that part of it. But when you, the thing is it, it makes you into introvert being a writer because mm. you're stuck in there all day and you're like analyzing the whole of society and after a while, <laughs> like, oh, I've gone too deep on this. Like, <laughs> I didn't need to see this part of my psyche at all. Like, and then, um, yeah, whereas performing, you get to be lost in the moment and you get to be, you know, a, an with the people too. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't, you can't, after a while, you can't act like the people aren't the most important part of the process. Because mm. if you don't have the people, then what the heck, well, what are you well, doing? Well, it's just me, 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 isn't just it? Just me, me, me. Yeah. And that gets, that gets toxic. It eats mm. you after a while. So Tell me about this song. Which song that I'm going to do? What you're about to do, yeah. Uh, well, I'm just going to do a verse, the last verse of it. Um, I wrote it about home, and I was living in Melbourne, and I, I was missing home. But when, when you're somewhere else, when you go over to, to Melbourne or to New York or wherever, I'm sure we all know it as Kiwis trying to leave the fishbowl, um, you're like, yeah, I love it here. This is where I am. I love this place. You know, and I had this um, dead... I, I, I was living on Smith Street and... and um, Melbourne telling myself this lie that I loved it here and it was all worth it and I was going to make it big in Australia. And um, there was this like milk crate that I had a, um, a fern growing in out on the, like the windowsill over Smith Street, like bus fumes going everywhere all over, tram fumes. And um, the fern was dying. It was dead. I water it every day and I was like, that's me, man. Like, <laughs> that's me. And um, yeah, so I started like, coming full circle, I wrote the song and I was just crying. Like, and I let it all out, like, I'm homesick. And I was having the epiphany while I was writing it. It wasn't until then that I had admitted to myself that I was homesick. And then I wrote the two verses about that. And then the third verse was kind of like, actually, home's not as like, great as I romanticize it to be either. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you should have stopped at verse two? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So but, what? yeah. Do you want well, me to What say? happened in verse 3? You're going to show Well, it's like, um, uh, and our heroes wore black and we fought back and we thought that the world was flat for a fact because the furthest that we'd been from home was the laundromat. Back in standing four, I walked the tracks to the mall and back and that was like a world trip to us. Back at the bus, that was like a spaceship to us. Oblivious to just how small our so-called big city was and all that Gulf War shit didn't mean shit to us. We just flushed it. Kind of like the history they hushed with the musket. Kind of like the ancient Maori customs they crushed in the custard squares like tapu in a tapuware cupboard with the treaty that they cuck it on clean green bubblelon where everybody's on a synthetic weed like crabs in a bucky bong sitting in a long white smoke cloud. Hometown or ghost town don't know how to tell the difference anymore. Hotel to tell about a hotel the whole town go around talking about what they don't really know about. It's kind of like a giant hair salon where I'm from. Nobody really wants to cheer 
here, you want where I'm from. Remember that game we played in the days where we fought for first place on a floating log. I don't remember what the motive was, but as soon as someone new got on, we're hoping someone throws them off while the haters on the water gun trying to hose them off. This dude's won twice in a row. Look at him showing off. Get too cocky, your poppy gets cut. You get too poppy and you'll probably get jumped where I'm from. The land of the long line of road cones, home of the homeless, hole in the ozone where young sheep walk the streets selling their wool and we gather around the town square to yell at the full clean green red meat where the vegans get eaten and the feelings get beat dead in job dead in street dead in town where the rent's mad there but the meth's cheap and making it is just making it to next week once we're rainbow warriors now we just sink drink washed up on the north shore almost extinct deep fried native tongue served with a side of kuma the fries the youth euthanized suicide rates higher than the rent government sitting on its fat assets 25 mil on a flag tis New key, but same monarchy, the snarky, saki, parky, hard talking malaki, living off the misery of Maori, milking the monarchy, tongue over as if parliament's a party that demands DJing that. But I'm not playing that, I jumped up in the Uber and told the pilot to take me back home. Whoa! Is astounding. Uh, thank you. That is astounding. Thank you, Moana. Kira. Do you ever like forget the words? <laughs> no, I mean genuine question, because you know sometimes I sing a song of it. Oh, so what was that? <laughs> okay, I'll just. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, how does it work for you? It depends how many beers there are in the green room. Eh? <laughs> Please put your hands together for the wonderful Tom Scott. Thank you so much. Um, now to join Tom and I on stage is a wonderful woman whose music I've just become familiar with and many of you will, will be aware of her. She's a singer-songwriter, made waves with her um, critically acclaimed self-titled album. 2017, her EP Hopeful and Hopeless and its title song won her a TUI for Best Country Music Artist and an APRA Award for Best Country Music. She was a 2021 winner of the prestigious Tate Music Awards. I'm late to her music and totally a fangirl. Please welcome to the stage, Reb Fountain. Ms. Reb Fountain, you Good. are so flash. I love your music. Oh my God, the next Dave Dobbin. Isn't he incredible? You are oh. so amazing. Can you imagine that? All those words. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's, it's, a beautiful it's, thing. it's really amazing. Now, we, Reb and I were sort of um, messaging each other a little bit nervous tonight because we thought we'd have to play the guitar. Well, she's going to. I've just sort of bumped it because um, um, we don't normally do that in our bands, do we? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was a solo artist for years, and I have, but I, I think particularly with this last record, I, I dropped it, because I love, I love performing so much, and I, love, I use my body freedom. a lot. Yes. Yeah, and so it, it, it gives me the freedom to, to play around and be mm. crazy on stage. Yeah. What, um, how, how do you write your songs? I mean, Tom here is extremely disciplined. The nine to five, what about that? <laughs> Working nine your... to five. <laughs> Does your manager make you sit down and do nine to five? No, my manager has nothing to do with my creative process. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been relatively undisciplined, you know, just kind of toddling along and writing a song and, and then it comes together and then maybe I start playing it and over time maybe record it, which is what happened with Hopeful and Hopeless, mm. that record. I, I don't think I would have recorded those songs if it wasn't for my friend saying, hey, I'd like to record them for you. Um, but the, the last album was different. I woke up one morning and was just like, I need to make a fucking record. And I want Dave Kahn to produce it and this is what I'm going to do. And for me, I hadn't ever really had that commitment to myself before where I could say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'd written some of the songs, but um, it was the first time that I kind of dedicated that space to it and started writing in that way, like I'm going to finish it and write an album, that's what I'm going to do. And then uh, during lockdown, I ended up writing a song a day, um, Whoa. just kind of for mental health purposes. Mm. And at the end of it, um, you know, none of us knew what was going to happen, what kind of work we were going to have. So I was like, let's make a record and um, uh, applied for funding but thought we'll make one even if we don't. And so ended up, you know, using those songs and really writing to make a new album. Um, so for me, discipline has come very late. Um, but I like it. It's yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what inspires you to write? Ah, oh, the human condition. All sorts of, all sorts is of things. Is it things you see, things you hear? Is it, is it um, like um, Tom was saying? You know, he's talking about his neighbourhood. What he, what's going on around him? Um, I think it's a bit of everything. Like I, that's what I noticed trying to write a song a day. That was very difficult because there's sometimes I've got nothing, mm -hmm. and I'm still having to pull something out of the hat. Mm -hmm. And um, I found that there was all sorts. There's all sorts of inspiration. For me, I find life um, a beautiful and challenging experience, so, so usually it comes from myself, but I tend to try and find imagery that's you know, kind of universal and personal at the same time. Sometimes I get irate about something and want to write about it. Sometimes it's about how much you love someone or want someone. or you know, It's all of that stuff, mm. all combined, and it's never about one thing. Do you, do you start on a song and go through it and then think, oh, I know, this sucks, I'll ditch it? Or do you just think, damn it, I'm going to make this song work? Uh, I, think, um, I think I like to be kinder to myself than that. And yeah, I might write a song and then never play it or share it with anyone. But, um, but I, I really enjoy that process of allowing yourself to be whoever you want to be, you know, and, and whatever you do, whether it's a creative art or in your life, like to allow yourself the freedom to just express and explore who you are and what you have to say, that's cool. And I think there's always new layers of that as well. So if I sit down and I, I might have an idea, or I might have sung something in the shower and I want to, you know, work with that melody, but other times it just comes. Like there was a song that I wrote during lockdown 
um, that I I released well on the, as a B side, and it's called Hey Mom. And I sat down and I was thinking about my Fano overseas, and and that song came all at once. I love mm. that moment where you're right in the the thick of it, and but that only happens if you give yourself the space to have that experience. And I think we're often so busy, you know, that we don't allow ourselves to really sit with who we are and what we have to say. And I, I like that. So some, I try not to Some songs will come quicker though, eh, Tom? Mm -hmm. You know, some will just go, boom, mm -hmm. it's in there. And then others are a bit more laboured. Mm. Do you think so, Reb? Yeah, some take months. Um, and it... Um, I know this the song I was going to play today, um, Don't You Know Who I Am, like I got inspired from it about something and then it just, it stretched and then I honed it and it, yeah, it took, it took months mm. to write that. How do you know when a song's finished? <laughs> you know, because you could just carry on, eh? Well, it's never really finished though, because you've written something, right? But then you, you're sharing it with your friends or you're taking it to the studio or you perform it on stage and so there's always this renewal process and every time you perform it it's something different like yeah. you can't it's you know it's not just a photocopy mm. it's always something new you know your music to me um if I if I don't look at your videos and I listen to your music it's it, I, I see lots of pictures and it's very you know sometimes I think oh Peaky Blinders are oh, Tarantino you know do you have pictures in your head when you write or is that just me being weird? <laughs> I love that, though. It's so cool that what you see might be different than what I yeah. see. Mm. You know, and that's, that's the hard thing <coughs> about talking about what your songs are about because um, I know, same as what um, Tom was saying, you want people out there to have their own interaction with your music and make it yours, you know. Um, this, I, was, um, I was at the Fare Folk Festival in Dunedin and we were at we were um, flooded in, like we couldn't get out. And so I was helping in the kitchens and um, uh, this guy's like, oh, what's that song Hawks and Doves about? And I was like, oh, well, what do you think it's about? And so he told me all this stuff that he thought it was about and I was like, that sounds really cool. Do you really want to know what, what it's about? And he's like, actually, no. And um, I, I love that, yeah. yeah, yeah. That you have your own pictures in your head. And um, collaboration, how... How important is that, or, or yeah, does that inform your songwriting as well? Um, I think everything informs your songwriting, all your relationships, right? All of who you are. Um, I haven't written a lot of songs with other people, but I have extreme amounts of collaboration, particularly on this last album and the new one coming up with Dave Kahn, who's in my band. We work really closely together on stuff, kind of shaping and arranging and um, not the words or the chords no. so much or the melody. Um, but um, but I, I do love writing and working. And I've worked with and performed with heaps of other musicians, so I love that, being able to work on their stuff and bring what I can to their work too. Mm -hmm. And you've done a uh, spoken word song, um, was it? Samson. Samson, yeah. How did you pick that as a style? I mean... Oh, none of it's planned. Like that one, we were in the studio. I feel so bad that my back's so far away to you guys, sorry. Um, uh, we were in the studio and recording the album and I went home and I just was like, I've 
there was a song in there. It was just bursting to get out. And so I sat down at the piano and, um, and I wrote Samson. And I wrote, um, I, I just spoke it. And I had this little chorus that seemed to go with the spoken word. So it certainly wasn't intentional. But they seemed to fit really well together, having, mm. a, well, for me, kind of a poppy chorus. And, and, um, and the things I wanted to say needed to be spoken. And I love that, that it can be fluid, you know. It uh, doesn't have to be like the this, this singer, songwriter, yeah. whatever that is. I did, I did a spoken song once, and I remember coming home and, and uh, obviously speaking it, because um, someone in my household said, oh, how was it in the recording this year? And I was like, oh, look, I've got this song. And I played it, and he goes, oh, my God, what are you doing? I said, it's spoken. I don't know. I just thought it would sound better, you know, talking it. <laughs> Uh, the word mokko represents, you know, and uh, and and so they were like, oh no, that's a bit weird. And then I thought, geez, damn, I just know that this is going to go somewhere, yeah, yeah. you know. So I just persevered, um, and it ended up winning like the international songwriting contest, you know, won like eighteen thousand people in it or something weird like that. But it was just kind of, it was a different style um, back then, and it just felt right to tell the story. It sort of mm. seem more intimate mm. sometimes using that kind of style, eh? Mm. Yeah, totally. Being open to however it needs to express itself yeah. is, is a good thing. Mm. And, and trusting your instincts, too. Trusting your instincts, yeah. How do you feel once you get a song out there? Do you, you know, is it a bit like, ooh, what's everyone going to think? Or do you just, like, let it go and think, well, I don't care? It's I mean, <laughs> you've crafted it. It's your baby. There's a bit of both, right? Because I do care what you all think, but I also don't give a fuck as well. Um, so, um, so it's hard to balance that, you know. Um, the work that I do, um, the work that we do and make a living from our music um, depends, like Tom said, depends on you and sharing that with you. So I respect that um, mm. greatly and I'm very grateful for that. But also I want to be true to myself. So it may be that, you know, it's a Neil Young Transformer album or something and no one understands it till later and that's okay. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I feel nervous. Mm. I've got a new record that I'm going to bring out this year and, and I feel nervous about it. Mm. But I also feel proud and, and excited to share it and to learn it and perform it and, and, um, and, and gift it. Right, because that's for me. Like it was really weird last year releasing an album amidst the global pandemic. Like I was so scared that no one was going to hear it, but it felt like you know I'm not an essential worker. This is the one thing that I might be able to contribute that might reach somebody. You know, and um, and it is in many ways a gift, and we have to have our own back enough so that we can share that gift. That's what creatives do. You know. Mm -hmm. Might have been not a bad time to release music, though. You know, with people at home, mm. yeah. kind of listening, open. I mean, concerts online was quite challenging. How did you find it, Tom? Uh, gave me anxiety. Eh? Well, I was like, I went to the doctor. Um, the first lockdown, cool as lay. Look, we're all just like, like in nice touch with our roots. We're growing yeah. vegetables again. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was cool. And then the second one was like, oh, how am I going to pay my rent? And then um, I went to the doctor and um, I was like, hey, ma'am, I think my, my heart's like, must be something wrong with my heart. And he's like, no, you just got anxiety. 
And I didn't even know I had any anxiety, but it was because the blooming lockdown was like, mm. you know, the like instability. We already got enough instability in our life. We yeah. chose to be musicians. <laughs> no. It was it was so full on that um, that sense of I don't know if the venues are going to be open mm. that, oh. when we when we get out mm. get out of here um, to even go and perform out. I don't know if the audiences are going to be out. That that fear of um, what's been steady. But we're super lucky and privileged here in Aotearoa. Yeah, we have had a lot of so lucky. yeah, absolutely. and you guys all came out, you know, which is mm. it's absolutely incredible. We're going to be a cluster, probably. <laughs> Oh, good one, good one. <laughs> a super spreader. Yeah, yeah. You can do a song about that one. <laughs> hey, Reb, your daughter does some of your music videos. I've got a useful child like that too. Yeah. How, how is that? It's, it's great. I mean, it must be really challenging working with your mum. Um, it's um, both my kids, Lola has made a lot of music videos for me. Calvin's done a lot of artwork for me. and But they've been around with me making music since they were little. So yeah. they've kind of grown up with bands sleeping on the floor and sound check, I mean, rehearsals happening in the next room. And um, yeah, so they're very much entrenched in the band family, which is great. Yeah. I, um, on my tours, I take my little girl and... Um, and she was um, a baby and, um, uh, and a toddler, and I'd put her in a pelican case on stage, but I'd leave the lid open. <laughs> yeah. And so she learnt um, she could sleep through anything. She could sleep yeah. through drummers and everything. So good. Hint, hint to new parents. <laughs> lots of music, loud music, lots of lights, yeah. neons. Kid can sleep through anything. Yeah. There you go. Could you, could you explain to me or just tell us a little bit about what inspired this beautiful song that you, you're going to perform for well, us? Well, one of the music videos Lola made for me was uh, for a song called Don't You Know Who I Am. And, um, and I, I, in 2017, I released two records, an EP, Hopeful and Hopeless, and another one called Little Arrows. And um, both of those were projects that were connected uh, to my friend Sam Preble, who I worked with making music for like 10 years, and he had uh, suicided in 2014. And so I had these projects, in fact, I made Hopeful and Hopeless a month before he passed, and, um, and I kind of had them at, on the back burner, really. I couldn't face the music, literally. And then I decided I want to share his music and our music, and we're going to do this thing. Mm. And um, through that process, I was looking at what I was going to put on the album cover for Little Arrows, and I found this uh, printed a hospice shop of this artist called Benjamin Chichi, and um, he was a First Nation Canadian um, Ojibwe Ojibwe descent, and um, uh, he died in 1977. Um, and he, I looked up online, and I was like, this stuff is really cool. It's really different, really lyrical. And I found this print, which actually I've got as a tattoo. It's probably a bit hard to see, but it, um, I wanted it to be the cover of um, here you go um, of my Little Arrows album. It's of three Canadian geese, and they're flying along. And for me, it really represented kind of my journey as a single parent with my kids, and also my journey with my friend Sam and Dylan, who made this record. So I was really um, wanted to do that. So I. I tried to research where I could get the rights for it, and I found this guy's number on the internet, and he was turned out to be the lawyer for Benjamin Chichi's foundation. And so Benjamin Chichi was this, um, just on the cusp of being like a, um, 
a, a really famous artist, but he wasn't yet. Um, but he was also living in the 70s as a First Nation Indigenous person. And at that time, it was really, really hard. Well, still is really hard. So he was out one like Friday night, and um, uh, he got picked up for being a drunk and disorderly Indian on the um, on the streets um, of Toronto and um, imprisoned. And in the prison cell, this is sorry, this is a story that is not on the internet. This was told to me by the guy who looks after mm -hmm. his estate. And in the prison cell, um, he was kind of drunk and he was like saying, hey, don't you know who I am? I'm, I'm Benjamin Chichi, I'm amazing. You know, he's kind of skiding about himself. And, um, and the next morning he was found hung and everything in his studio down to the, the brushes and the paint was stolen and gone. And, um, and on, in the Wikipedia it says that he suicided. Um, and I heard the story and I was, it just deeply resonated with me on so many levels um, about my own experience of my friend suiciding, about my experience as an artist trying to share this music uh, where it felt really painful, about not having any confidence in myself to share my music. Um, really the intersection of, um, of power and ego and self and, um, and how when we unravel that we have an opportunity to change our trajectory and, um, and uh, rise anew, I guess. So um, that inspired the song. The song is about many things. That's one seed of it. Um, yeah. Well, I love this. It's a beautiful song and a beautiful inspiration and, a, and an amazing tribute. And we'd be delighted if you sang it. For okay, great. Are you all plugged in there, girl? I think so. Um, plugging in songs. I've got to plug in for him. Oh, he's got your guitar. <clears throat> so please put your hands together for Ms. Red Fountain. Am I on? No, I'm not. You yeah, are. I think you are. I think I need to plug in. Oh, Just turn it off for a second. <clears throat> Highly professional showbiz right here. Writers Festival. One, two, three. Drunk little Indian boy, they say. Spouting off his mouth about the great man's death. What's a little brag between boys in the cell? Never knows, listen at the gates of hell. They're like video stores, press rewind, delete. On those that don't work, that don't fit nice and neat. In the future, we'll say he's worth something. Hell, I could have been somebody. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? In certain circles where you can't touch me I'ma dance around, you know I'm connected to the powers that be Golly, you ain't got nothing on me You put my tail in jail This a place called hell Wheeling and dealing on a Saturday night Caught between a calling and a stitched up fight Brushing birds that travel hell out of here Can you see me in your eyes? Don't you know who I Don't you know who I Don't you know who I 
Don't you know who I Don't you cry, brother, there's a knife in your back Don't you cry, sister, he ain't coming back Caught you trying to make your way to kingdom come Well, this is my territory It's God's will to stamp what's mine It's God's word that bites your tongue and marks me divine The moment we lay our hands on the world, she's disfigured Hell, we can touch her up, don't you know who I am? 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 No shame, no fear, no highway out of here. it if I wanted to I think I'll make it if I follow through I used to ask you what I needed best got sucker punch and nearly lost my head now I'm out here like can never lunch your modest kills is queen for a fighting chance so go wreck or make your mark on my map brush your word take my word don't you know who I Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? He woke up in his mother's arms. Don't already he had heard the call. Chee chee, honey, well it's time to rise. Spread your wings, little goose. We'll take flight. He flew over the devil of the wasteland. Six string playing in your heartland. Death in your pockets and a bird unsung. This is the star of progress. I set out on an expedition. Oh, fire girl with your new religion. Keep it simple with your pop-pop songs God forbid you change the record I draw lines in symphony Animal savagery Refugee just like me Don't believe the hype Out of the wasteland we come Little girls, little boys And the nameless ones Rise up, oh children Won't you dance with me Up, little children Come and set me free Rise, little ones, rise no shame, no fear. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am?
put your hands together Ooh. for Ms. Red Fountain. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for singing. <laughs> What a, what a stunning song and a stunning voice and a beautiful performance. Thank you so much. Kia ora. It's Thank just you. gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Okay. Far out. I just want to sit here and go, ah, oh, that's so nice. Um, to join us on stage now is a wonderful singer-songwriter, beautiful singer. Um, he's Ngaitahu and Ngaitai. And he's an actor as well. He's... An interesting dancer. <laughs> he has five New Zealand Music Awards and an APRA Silver Scroll in his kete. His studio albums include Marlon Williams, Make Way for Love and Plastic Boot Bouquet. He studied, I believe, Russian. I know you studied neuroscience and you studied gender studies, is that correct? Mm, yeah. So, you know, we've got it all. I did, I did dabbled in law. I think we've got it all covered on here. <laughs> Um, he's just wrapped a sellout tour around Aotearoa and he's here with us tonight. Please welcome to the stage the wonderful Marlon Williams. Pretty neat these two, eh? Yeah, I reckon. reckon. Oh, oh, yeah, I, just, I forgot I was coming on. I was like, oh, I hope they do a song together. Because uh, you're, <laughs> you're not too shabby yourself, yeah, actually. Yeah. When did you start writing lyrics? Um, uh, oh, well, I mean, I sort of started when I was like at the primary school, you know. Um, I wrote a song called um, The Dogs Are Dancing at Mortimer Station. Um, well. Was, Who would have thought that? Yeah, I don't How know. did it go? Give us a bit. The dogs are dancing at Mortimer Station And the cats are yelling in admiration The birds <laughs> are whistling in the trees too All, this, all of these animals are doing it for you Like, <laughs> right. Bizarre Your but kids might like that, yeah. yeah. Kids yeah. might like that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's sort of weird that's the first one I remember writing. Yeah. yeah. So you were inspired by your rural environment, one might think? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where Mortimer Station is, but... Well, <laughs> yeah. You're in Auckland now. A lot of people don't know you're a little... Little Tonian. Little Tonian. Little Tonian. Little Tonian. Yep. It's quite flash down there. You've got a few songwriters come out of there. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you, you know... How, how do you work on your craft? I mean, um, um, Tom here is extremely disciplined. And, yeah. and, and, and you'd need to be. <laughs> no, he's a role model. Because, I know. Well, I mean, all those words too. It's incredible. Oh, it's an, it's an amazing it? thing to hear. Yeah, just the... the amazing. The application and the... I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a really... I'm very different. I just... Um, I'm terrified of writing. I, um, I do it without looking. You know, I like... <laughs> I will, and, I, and I'm, I'm terrified of committing words to, to the page in case someone at the end of my life goes, right, what's he done? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, I just, I'm terrified of uh, someone getting the measure of the man somehow. So I will just, just send sort of glancing blows. Do you and, think uh, you're in the wrong profession? Um, no, I think it's perfect. It's good for me. But, um, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a dance for sure. Yeah. And it's not a very comfortable one yeah. for me. <laughs> so, so what inspires you? Um, 
You got, your songs are slightly dark, aren't they? Would that be fair to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't look too hard at them. Um, <laughs> like I say, but uh, you know, I, I just, for me, it's like, I definitely feel that that sort of, you know, that that sense of the, the divine, um, spark coming from somewhere else. You know, it's, I, I sort of, for me, I liken it to. When I get an idea, it's it's when it's like it's like I'm I'm driving down a, a street at breakneck speed, and there's cafes you're going past, and you just you'll hear a a little bit of of a song coming out of a cafe or on the radio or whatever, but you can hear I can hear everything about the quality of the song within that one little fragment. You know, I can hear the the sound of the studio I can hear all those bits and but I can't hear what the rest of the song is so then I just have to work my way out from that from that point so it's are like you a, saying when you're going past everything you're hearing something in your own head that you're creating no it's it's as, it's as if it, that's how it feels to me it's like I can hear the the snatch of the radio through the through the car door car window um, in my own head and I, and I just have to like listen to that and go okay what is that Okay, well that sounds, and yeah, and then I just build build the from that DNA sample. You can mm. build the whole mm. strain, you know. Yeah. So so, or do do you sometimes think, okay, I want to write a song about um, this subject. So then I'll I'll write some lyrics that explore that subject. It's completely unintentional. Yeah. There's no. There's no. I mean, there has been. There's been in the odd occasion, like working with. I've done a lot of co-writing with um. Lanny Davidson, who's a good friend of mine, mm. and um, he's he's more in that that realm of sitting down nine to five. You know, he's a definitely a song a day kind of guy, and which I just wow. I love being around and and sort of because it fascinates me. But I what too, did what too, did you learn from him? Just the the yeah the discipline of well I didn't learn it, but he showed me for a bit. Just, uh, <laughs> just, you watched him? Yeah, yeah. Like this, you know, I wrote the song. He's like, what have you been reading about? You know, I was really struggling one day, and he's like, what have you been reading about? And I was like, well, I've just been like reading about, you know, this woman, Minnie Dean, the first and only woman ever to be sentenced to death in there New you Zealand. Go, your and dark subject. Yeah, there it yeah. is. You know, it's, Wikipedia gets me there, and then, and then he's like, right, you got till two. And I was like, what? It's like, and then I'm, wow. I'm, I love him. I'm scared of him though. So I was just like, okay. So fear is a good driving force. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's definitely. It's it's uh, it's a very very uncomfortable thing. Mm. Is it? Um, are you inspired by um, uh, love and beautiful things, or is it is it breakups and traumatic things that's more inspiring? Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, they're all it's all the same stuff, isn't it? Really. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, look. Let's make way for love. My last album yes. is famously a, a breakup album, um, and. Which is, I, I didn't know that when I was writing it, but, um, you know, but, but that was the f for the first time in my life, I really felt that n nothing else could comfort me. There was, there was no, there was no, no other person's voice could, could possibly touch me in that, in that space. So I, I just, for the first time in my life, necessity became, and songwriting became a, a real thing, mm. you know, and mm. and I, I, my, I, yeah, I'd always struggled with possibility. Well, I could do this. I couldn't sing pretty well. I could just do whatever, really, you know, or whatever. And then it's like, no, necessity, necessity is necessary. 
<laughs> you mean like for your own mental health? Yeah, your own or, or, yeah, and it, and yeah, for the, uh, the writing, the, the writing process became cathartic and just was in and of itself. And I was like, that's possible. Okay, so you can you can use music to to mm. actually learn from yourself, mm. and it doesn't have to be this scary thing. But now I find it scary again. Now that I've <laughs> now that you've kind of yeah, I've gone it. over, gone over that. Oh God. Yeah. Um, I, I read somewhere. I mean, you're often classified as alt country, um, and you, um, you you have these songs like there's Dark Child, which is a dark song, mm. and Strange Things, which was a dark song, and <laughs> and yeah. then when I was a young girl. Um, uh, and I saw that The Guardian said it's it's hard to work out quite how this album manages to be so uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you explain it? Is it your beautiful voice? Well, I th uh, yeah, I think, I mean, no, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But I, 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 for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, it's, it's that melding of the two worlds, you know. It's like, it's all, it's all so silly. It's all ridiculous. And it's all infinitely tragic you know and it's they're just it's yeah that's and so the more the more those two worlds can can interact and you know for me like you know i'm a bit of a silly laughy guy and and sometimes that you know but that and when i'm playing these songs live there's this big juxtaposition between yes. how, I'm, how i'm behaving and what i'm yes. saying but I, I i don't know I, I guess i just find that interesting and and there's some. I feel like there's some worth in the in the smashing together of mm. those. It's you know. you, it's the real you, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's you know another part of you. Yeah, you're not pretending. No, no, it's it, and it's you know it, it, yeah, and I'm I do I I've, I've you know I've I've always been in trouble with my mother for um not being at it like telling her horrible news and being like. <laughs> Like horrible, horrible things. <laughs> like I'm talking about deaths, all of it, and just going, "Mum, you know, uh, so and so's died." <laughs> and she just like would look at me like, "What are you? Who are you? What is this?" You're a scary kid. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It's and it's nervousness. You know, I'm, I I tell these stories that I'm nervous, and I'm, mm. and it's a defense mechanism. It's a, I joke about it, and that's mm. that's just the way it is. You know. Is it is explaining lyrics? Is it losing? Is it what? Is it mm. losing when you have to explain lyrics? Is it just like Reb was telling us, you mm. know, people have different interpretations on songs. Actually, I remember a song I wrote once and, and some student did an essay on it and they sent it to me and I thought, it's so not about that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But you don't want to get in the way of that either. No, no, it's like, our choice. Also. Yeah. Sometimes you know? when, like, when someone takes like, the direct opposite from yeah. what you mean, then, then you feel like, well, hold on. I've just got to clarify that it's exactly not that. Yes. But if it, otherwise, it's just it's fair. It's open season, you know. What about um, Te Reo? Mm. Um, you, you perform in Te Reo. How do your audiences respond to that? Um, uh, generally, well. Uh, <laughs> People get in trouble if they're not. But, um, yeah, no, it's... it's um, I think you know I, I'm I'm at the, still at the beginning of my real journey, um, and but I'm I'm honest about that, and I and it's um you know I'm I'm honestly exploring as a someone who's been writing songs for quite yeah. a long time now, but but you know this is I'm saying, I'm using the real as a vehicle to 
find novelty in, in music again, you know, for me. So it's it's um yeah, it's just a, it's just another 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 door into the room really. Do you collaborate with um another speaker? Uh, yeah, another language speaker? I have been, yeah. yeah. And it's been interesting, his um his name's Komi Tamati Elif. He's a works at University of Canterbury down down in Christchurch. Um and he's sort of he's been great as a as a guiding force. Um and I you know I started at the start of the journey, these, I wrote, you know, I wrote the song called Awa Atura, which is, you know, don't worry about it. And it's just, and the lyrics are so straightforward and, you know, naive and childish. But I was just so relieved to have such limited language to be able to stretch it, you know, to be able to go, okay, I've only got this. What can I, okay, what can I do with this? Yeah. It's like there's, you know, so, so few pal- like colours in the palette. And and then you know as we've been writing together and I've been getting further into you know more the real fuckapapa of you know and, and tapping into that and writing about that it's sort of getting more complex and going off in strange ways and so it's 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 been a really um, just yeah finding that novelty and that 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 uh, wonder again because there's a lot of metaphors and poetry mm. in te reo mm. yeah you know you can um, translate it. Uh, literally, uh, but then you can play with the poetry of it. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. So it's quite exciting. And you, you pop the real into your waiata. Yeah, but I don't uh, speak any of it, but it is a poetic language, isn't it? Mm. Mm. You know every word in Māori ends in a vowel? True. Did you know that? Yeah, every word. Yeah. So it, it is very round and... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and the vowel sounds uh, similar to Spanish and Japanese, and so it travels really well. People can pronounce mm. it, but I think that that's part of the richness is mm. that you know that round. Well, for, yeah, sound. phonetics do so much of the the sound just does so much of the work. You know, mm. it's like you can. There's that. What was that? There's this crazy. Um, I don't even know if he's Italian, but he was he. Um, had this sort of experiment that he did in the in the seventies, where he put out this song in a completely made-up language, mm. and it sounds sort of Italian, but sort of mm. like a few things, and it just soared through the charts, and everyone mm. was like, "I don't know what it is," mm. but and mm. it's just I can't remember what, but it's just like did it, but it's just these crazy noises, mm. and you just you can just feel, and he's and he performs it beautifully with all this sort of nuance, and you just follow him the whole way, going, "Oh, this is so." Deep somehow, mm. but you got just—it's just gibberish, you know. It's mm. just—it's pure. You can just communicate playing, so much playing with sound. words, playing with words. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Marty's not gibberish, but but Glad you know, to tie but, that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can, you know, as someone who doesn't speak it, or you know, it's just so much is is trans transmitted through mm. pure sound of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm. What about polit- politics in your music? I heard you got political last year. <laughs> No, it was a joke. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, for me, politics is politics is just comes to the surface sometimes when you're writing about humans. You know, it's if you if you're a humanist in the loose loosest sense, like then you're gonna politics is the organisation of humans, so it just comes out. So it's yeah, I mean, I I've never. I've always been wary of like staying away from campaigns and and. Oh, excuse uh, me, person who went to bat for a particular bird. Well, exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, look, look. I thought I'd start with um, avian politics, and then 
and then work, work my way up. Yeah. What are you going to play for us? Um, I'm going to play for you a song called um, The Devil's Daughter. What's that about? Well, sounds like it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll tell you about how I wrote it. I, I was trying to... I was in a, I'd gotten myself into a bit of a kerfuffle trying to write... Not with, no, not in that way. No, not, but um, try, with my writing process, I've been sitting there for a few days and just had, had, you know, it was like just trying all these different chords and it was just not feeling, I was just twisted up. And so I was like, okay, I just, I really just have to strip it all back right now and, find, and just play three chords, start the song with, I woke up this morning because... <laughs> That's how I know a lot of songs that are cool that start that way, you know. The formula. The formula. The bloody formula. And then you know, and then and I just it was that strip that realizing that things have gotten so convoluted, stripping it back down, and just yeah, just opening my eyes again and being to the possibilities of contained within three chords and and the and that what's there's a there's a um. Stravinsky has says something um, that the you know about the positivity of, of constraints is that the arbit arbitrariness of constraints only serve to obtain precision of execution. Because if everyone if everyone can see where the walls are immediately, then there's all this infinite room within that within that space to to mm. like shift a word to do one little bit there and to be so economic that that the worlds become so small that you're that it's but so um, self-contained, that, that all the nuance is contained within these little tiny little bits because it's so quiet in the room. Mm. And so that's, yeah, that's, that's what that's about. But I'll, get, mm. I'll play it, eh? Yeah. Well, sure. Right. Sure. Need a ride. Thank you, Rev, for Thank lending you. me you your lovely guitar. <laughs> and it's really it's short. It's a short one because I don't like writing songs. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> This morning, I opened my eyes to see the world in little pieces all around me. It could have been my baby, it could have been the devil's daughter. I don't know, day to day, she keeps changing on me. Put it back together without a lot of trouble Nothing that I haven't done a hundred times before She's my queen and she's the devil's daughter Knowing all about it makes it easy Sooner or later, 
I'll have to tell somebody They're gonna come, they're gonna take her far away from me Think I'm gonna cry when I lose my little baby That's just the way it is, that's the mystery of love the most beautiful voice. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you do. And that lady that was yelling at us in, in Australia that time we had that party oh. outside that motel room. What a blimmin' witch. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, it was who's, me. Who's she to get in the way of me singing at 4am? Oh, it was like New Year's Eve. I think it was only about 11.30. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, gee. Um, Good party though. <laughs> um, are there any questions you'd like to ask each other? Apart from basketball questions. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, it's tough. I don't know. Do we have any questions from the audience? Now's your opportunity. Pardon? Why he is an interesting... Yeah, yeah why he's an interesting dancer. Oh, yeah. he's just got his own style. We should play a song and get him to do it, eh? <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. No, the no. The Rice's Festival? Well, oh, yes, he's not I'm a, a dance I'm a serious festival. artist. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, of course, he's a flash actor, too. Thank you. He, get, he, get, he gets we'll his gigs that. because they hear him singing on the radio or something. That's, and a, that's literally I mean, the only way I can get in that world. You're very lucky, though. Someone asked me to act once, and I was so excited, and they said, oh, my God, we really want you for this role. And I went, oh, really? And they said, I said, what is it? And they said, You'll be someone who's 74. Yeah. <laughs> I said, man, that makeup better take bloody three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, you've made your um, name as an actor. Do you think that's sort of similar to music in a way? Well, I mean, weirdly enough, I started it really acting because in this day and age, you know, so often we're, 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 we, um, we digest music with the visuals, you know, we're like, it's the, the music videos are. Cool, that's the vibe. So, and I was like, hold on. So I'm writing the song. It's like, why would I not, like, as a songwriter, be responsible for this narrative when it, mm. in a visual form too, you know? So it's like, I, I've got to actually, this is, this is my uh, narrative to play with, so I'm just going to keep playing with it until, so, until the whole picture's done. Mm. So it was just, yeah, I, I came to acting as a songwriter. I guess, in oh, that way. Yeah. I'm just seeing you in that, that song where you're on the beach with your little shorts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and I think, it, I mean, it is about performance. You do some amazing videos too. Um, I've seen your little documentaries that you put together. That's, that's really well crafted and you're telling stories and capturing stories from other people as well. Mm. I'm thinking about... Um, your basketball characters and you're know, talking about different people coming living you know when you're talking about home mm. um people from africa mm. and also um I didn't, I didn't want to be responsible for the visuals that's why i was like i'll get someone else to be because <laughs> i think sometimes you've already like told the whole story within the song mm. and also sometimes you want to leave it open for interpretation so i get like worried about the music video, how it's going to add any more value to the thing you've already done. 
For sure. So it's the collaboration. Yeah, it's collaborating too, eh? And being like, okay, you take the, yeah. take the ball and you contribute to the group, this whole creative thing. And, yeah. Yeah. And Reb, do, do, when Lola says to you, stand over here, mum, and look this way. I'm like, no, I'm not standing there. I'm standing over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're making, we're, at the moment, we're making a bunch more. And I find the same thing, like, um, that it's the next, it's another layer of the song. You've written the song and it feels, everything feels complete. And then how do you add to that? Um, yeah. And I, I also find sometimes it's hard to be the face of your song all the time. Like it's the last ones we did mostly had other people in the music videos because yeah. um, it was kind of refreshing to bring something else. Um, so, and, that's, and in a way that's different than acting because in music videos it feels like you're supposed to be authentically you but how can you ever do that <laughs> well that's maybe why musicians sometimes make good actors because mm. you're sort of acting the song after a while you know the song so well you're getting up like i don't really believe in the song anymore but i'm gonna channel that mm. yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean totally. you're acting in a way yeah, like when bruce springsteen has played it so many times born in the usa but <laughs> he's still like, wow. rocking yeah he really was born in the usa <laughs> <laughs> Not all actors make great musicians, are no, no, true that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've done I've, a, a lot of ads, a lot of TVCs. You've you know, been on. Yeah, yeah, lots of ads. Because it's good money. Like, you wow. don't make any money as a musician, but you can make a lot of money from doing one ad. Yeah. It's great. And then when it rolls over, like, I was on this Karuba ad once. Wow. And you can't, you can't, you can sort of, like, Karuba. almost see me, and I got two grand for it. And then the next year, I got another two grand. I was like, I'm Rolling in it. All over it. <laughs> I did one of voiceover and I got heaps of money too. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I do a lot of those still, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I've done quite a few music videos and I've just run out of ideas, run out of ideas. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so now I get other people to, like, they'll go, well, what's your idea? I go, nah, think about it. Do, do all the hard work, think about it. Just put me somewhere and make me look half decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? um, but, yeah, it, it, it is a very... Um, time-consuming and creative process to find someone that you can lock into to help translate that idea into something visual is quite challenging. Yeah, most of us don't have $100,000 to make a music video oh, with, oh, so no. we're like super lo-fi trying to come yeah. up with a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always, yeah. Do we have any other questions before we wind up? Jeez, they're very well behaved. Very well behaved. Oh. Eh? I was really amazed at that. Your, uh, intensity of your uh, verse you did about coming home from Melbourne. Uh, thank you, bro. How do you feel now you're back? <laughs> <laughs> Relieved, eh? So, good timing, uh, yeah, I feel, eh? I feel good to be. I feel good to be back, but I think I had to go over there to realise what I got here, so it's a more cliche. The thing about Australia is it's full of Australians. <laughs> They were out of it, man. <laughs> Reb, have you taken your music overseas much? No, we had plans to do it last yeah. year. Um, big plans. Um, and I'm from North America, so I was like, yeah, let's go there and hit that market. Um, but none of that happened eventually. So, you know, maybe maybe next time, maybe this year. Any other questions? There was one over there. Yes? I'd like to ask uh, Tom, what's the difference between rap and hip hop? 
Jeez. I feel like it's a whole, a, a whole evening of itself. Yeah. I think hip-hop got termed as uh, sort of the culture of the whole movement. So it's like in New York, people were uh, expressing themselves through graffiti and then um, young black kids started looping up their parents' records into this thing that was called DJing and then people started dancing to those records that was called breakdancing or b-boying and it was a whole culture. And rap was what you did, I guess. Like rap was what people would do to the breakbeat and get on and make the party better. <laughs> and then hip hop was like a whole culture. And then so mm. for me as a Pakia kid with no religion or no fucker papa in a country here, which is just, you know, because I think we forget sometimes as Pakia moving here, we left like, like my ancestry is like, uh, you know, Jewish people from over here that were exiled over here to, you know, like uh, my mom came here from here, you know, like we had shit ourselves as well, but it was fucking like wiped because we were like, we'll follow the queen. She'll give us a culture. <laughs> like, you know, but like probably way back there, there was some cool shit that we did, but I don't know, it's gone. So. <laughs> So then when I found hip hop, I was like, I relate, I want, the, I want to be a part of this. I want to learn everything from this. So I think that's what hip hop is. It's probably more of like a whole religion without the God part. Just <laughs> kind of rock him, I guess. <laughs> Any other questions? See, you guys ask good questions. God, I've been to some of these things where people just rant and rave. And You're a good host though, ain't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stop it. Oh, honestly, seriously, any questions? Sweet. Okay. <laughs> I should plug this in, eh? Oh, yeah, plug it in. Oh, my God. Whose phone was that? Oh, you're paying. At the bar. At the bar. <laughs> Okay, I'm inspired by your little rant about Queenie. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Oh, is that in tune? Can you tune that for me, yeah. bro? Oh, yeah, that sounded pretty good. Oh. <laughs> that sounded good. Yes. Um... How'd you write this song? Um, I wrote, oh, I wanted to, okay. So, last century, I went to a hui in Tūrangi and the national government had decided it was going to put a fiscal cap on treaty settlements mm. and, and I could hear all these people getting up and they're doing their speeches and all that and I heard them going, you know, people saying, it, it won't go away, the treaty won't go away um, and, you know, they were, um, I remember this woman saying, there's a wind, there's a wind of change and it's moving throughout the land. And I found this little sample uh, on Māori um, radio or something and, and we put it into the song. So myself and Bennett Pormana um, wrote these lyrics and then I, I really wanted to put haka in. And I wanted, I asked my guys, can you, can you take the articles of the treaty and turn them into a haka? And I want, I, you know, I go hard, the three articles. So it's all in the, in the song. 
um, which I can't do, um, obviously, because I'm a bit useless at hooker. Um, but we, we piled it all in, and it was really to sort of honour that long-standing, um, you know, take or kaupapa of um, the treaty, always been enduring, always been relevant. And, and I'm reminded once again of what um, Justice Joe said on my show on Monday night, that it takes imagination, courage and risk to see a future. You know, and that a lot of people are nervous, but it's the most exciting thing to think about possibility of change and transformation and mm. that the treaty is our friend. Mm. So this has been a long conversation. When people say we need a national conversation, it's like, hey, you haven't even been listening. This conversation has been going on for ages. There are young people imagining a different future. So I'll just play a little bit of this. <coughs> and... Um, Is that all right? Is that plugged in and everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. okay. Oh, where's my Coming mic? Can I oh, have I stolen your pick? No, that mic. Oh, the mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Lovely stage manager. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Represent red, white, and black from the abyss. He rub like do up there who cover the land like mist. Harama itepo, huri huri kita amarama. Hear the voice of Tipunaiko throughout the valley. On a one was signed back in 1840, attacking our peace for rituality, self autonomy for fall with a vengeance. Resurrect to seek justice, so upliftment is assured. Takahia. Separated, segregated from my culture, destroyed from within. I deprived of heritage in the system, swearing allegiance to the Queen of Mother England. Tinoranga Tiratanga is what you hear From Tanga to Fenua for sure Seabed, we much cause we care Got a hunger for knowledge and global consciousness Treat
treaty won't go away, won't go away, 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 yeah, Oh, get out. Shush what are you even saying that all night? Let's play, play the guitar. Let's finish off with a um let's finish off with a I feel like we're at a garage party here, but it's flasher than my usual ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's do that song um by a great new is there is there a New Zealand songwriter that you really admire, Reuben? You don't have to mention anyone on the stage, but you know, or New Zealand. Oh, there's song. so there's many. Yeah, what's a song, a particular song that you think? Oh man, I wish I'd written that. Slipping away from me comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? What, what a cracker! What a That's cracker! Amazing. What a song. We could try that one. Max Merritt. <laughs> Slipping away. Slipping away. Oh, you know goodness. how to play that one, bro? Do you know it? Oh, oh yeah, it. Okay. Okay, this is the part we all sing along. Are you ready? Say. Oh my. Baby, I've been watching you. Baby, I've been ah. watching you. Watching everything you do. Watching everything you do. And I just can't help but feeling. Someone else is stealing you away from me. See it written in your eyes. See it written in your eyes. You confirm me with your lies. You confirm me with your lies. Though the web you weave can hold me, I would rather that. Told me where you want to be. Young Milo, yeah. Sing it now. Oh, you're slipping away from me. Slipping away. Oh, you're slipping away from me. And it's breaking me into watching you. Slipping away. Go, Mona. There you go. Baby, I've been watching you. Baby, I've been watching you. Watching everything you do. Watching everything you do. And I just can't help but feeling. Someone else is stealing you away from me. I see 
you weave to hold me I would rather that you told me where you want me Here we go, everybody all together, Writers' Festival with Gusto! Hey! Oh, you're slipping away from me <laughs> and it's breaking me in two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watching, Watching you slipping away. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands together for Miss Rick Fountain. The wonderful Tom Scott. The Dubai. Thank you, everybody. Oh, and you can meet these lovely people somewhere <laughs> and sign life, stuff. Oh, it must be out there. What? Oh, no. Did you get the memo? I haven't got any merch. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go up there and have a drink with them, okay? Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Ciao, everybody. Ciao, thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from the 2021 Auckland Writers' Festival Waituhi or Tāmaki. You can find a range of other festival talks, interviews and discussions on iTunes, SoundCloud and on our website, writersfestival.co.nz.